Coming up on this month's edition of the Sound Rider Show, we'll be talking about more new 2022 bikes, our holiday gift guide, and ideas for moto entertainment during the holidays. It's all coming up next on the Sound Rider Show. Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by Rock Straps. Tired of bungee cords that fray and break? You need to up your game with the number one tie down among riders. Rock straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundrider store at store.soundrider.com. Hi, this is Anthony with Ride Motorsports in Woodenville. Welcome to the Soundrider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington... Join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin and whoever else happens to drop by. Greetings, riders all over the Puget Sound, all over the United States, all over North America, all over the world. Welcome to the December edition of the Sound Rider Show. You got me, Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Jennifer Poole. Hey, everybody. And we are going to dish out, oh, I don't know, maybe an hour's worth of jive here. Something like that. But um, just for general discussion, uh, we talked last month about how I'm putting together the calendar for 2022. And I'm really having a lot of fun discovering stuff. And uh, discovering new events, events I didn't know about, events that that have been gone for a few years that are coming back. And uh, one of the things that I'm doing, because we don't have a motorcycle show in the Pacific Northwest this year. Sadly, the Vancouver show has been canceled due to the bad weather they've recently had that took out a lot of roads and supply chain issues. So what I'm doing is I'm adding all the sort of international motorcycle shows into the calendar. So if you're reading along in the calendar or listening to the show, then you'll know when there's going to be the next international motorcycle show somewhere. I'm not talking about IMS, uh, you know. I'm talking about like ICMA, the Japanese motorcycle show, the motorcycles live in the UK, all these shows. And they, they, you know, typically at the end of the day, all the journalists are posting up videos and editorial about new announcements, new bikes. And so it's a way for all of us without getting a plane ticket to stay in touch with all the things that are going on. So, so, Tom, did you end up catching a lot of content coming out of the ICMA show? And were you finding that more on YouTube or were you finding it on uh, other social media channels or where were you finding that uh, content? Well, initially, I was getting it up through my news feed and I use a, a news browser, shall we say, and I can put in keywords and pull stuff up. Uh, I haven't dug deep into the YouTube and all that yet because, I mean, the show just happened last week. So that's probably one of my little entertainment things one of these evenings is I'll just start picking in more and see, uh, you know, I can, I can read a lot faster than I can wait for a video to roll. Uh, 
Sure. <laughs> so, but uh, there was quite a bit of new product announced at ICMA last week, and uh, obviously a lot of new bikes that were announced, and we're going to talk about all that stuff coming up in the show. But, Sounds uh, good. Speaking of the supply chain woes up in Canada and, of course, here and all over, um, I'm starting to notice that a lot of the sort of lower-end Asian companies that everybody was kind of holding off on paying attention to are making inroads into the marketplace right now, and they have product. So, yeah, so they're they're getting their products in, and you're seeing uh, uh, more of the lower cost uh, bikes that are that are more available for people that are looking to uh, to get a, a new motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw a whole bunch of CF Moto up at uh, Cycle Barn. Uh, there's a whole lot of SSR Motorsports up at Skagit Power Sports. There's a whole lot of KO product, K-A-Y-O, that you can find at both Skagit as well as Adventure. And I I don't know what's going on down in Portland. I haven't dug into this that deep yet to see what's going on in the other metro markets. But um, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch it happen. In fact, uh, the latest Skagit Power Sports newsletter doesn't really emphasize anything from Kawasaki, Yamaha, KTM, or Suzuki, or Husqvarna. Uh, it's all focused on the KO product, on the SSR Motorsports, the kids' bikes, the quads, all that stuff. Sure, uh, yeah. They've got to be interested in being able to move some inventory rather than just putting people on waiting lists and sitting on deposits for you know months and months. Yeah, and I, you know, December is perfect time for these lines because a lot of them have sort of youth bikes in them or beginner type bikes for people who are looking for lower, lower CC motorcycles. So, what are you hearing about the quality? Has uh, is that of any concern, or are are uh, have those bikes in, made inroads in terms of being able to compete with? I, I mean, obviously, if they're they're uh, you know less costly and lower CC models. You're obviously trading that off for a lower price, but otherwise, can you expect the kind of durability, or is that you know is that part of the equation? Is that you know you're you're going to get something that might need replacement parts or might take a, a little bit of a a beating if you're if you're too rough with it? So what I'm hearing is that they're actually pretty decent quality. Uh, a lot of them, you know, most of these bikes being youth bikes. Uh, you're not going to be doing, you know, 3,000 miles a month on any of them. But um, they're good enough quality that the dealers who got into it two years ago are still carrying the lines. And they seem to be – I'm not hearing anything about a part shortage. Uh, I'm going to guess, too, that a lot of these bikes share a lot of the same parts. So the manufacturers don't have to print up separate part for every one of the models sometimes sure. it's shared you know things like mirrors pegs stuff like that so there you go you can get a whole new fleet of uh bikes for the whole family yeah all for eighteen hundred dollars oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> fill up the garage so um i'm gonna put together an article here in the next few days and put it up uh just before i launched the December issue of Soundwriter, and um, 
It's going to be uh, sort of a moto entertainment for the holidays. So let's let's talk about a few ideas, and then we'll sort of incorporate them into this article. Sounds good. Yeah, I snuck in on the uh, Black Friday deal and got a uh, promo pricing on the viewing package for the MotoGP. And uh, what what comes with that? From what I understand, I haven't I don't have it all set up yet. But it uh, it appears that it includes races going all the way back to uh, 1999, and so uh, there's plenty of entertainment in that. You know, in addition to getting the you know the 2022 race season, it, uh, it gives you some content to keep you uh, entertained while you're waiting. So I'm looking forward to digging into that. You just run like a twenty-four hour day marathon for three weeks or that. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Um well one of the ideas I have is uh uh the ISDE happened this year. There's gotta yes. be a whole bunch of highlights for that out there. So I'm gonna go dig that up and see what's in in on that. That's a good idea. Yeah, both the U.S. men's and women's team did really well. And yeah, I heard the women's be, uh, team did yep. real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they uh, they're getting a lot of uh, uh, publicity out of that, and I think that means uh, potentially there will be more content for the rest of us to uh, be able to to view some of that and catch the highlights and get some stories and and other things that come out of that. And then um, we were talking about Ikema earlier. And there are a lot of videos online now from ICMA last week. So uh, I'm going to go and see if someone has a compilation on that. And then we'll just put links for all this stuff in the article. Or actually what we'll do is we'll we'll probably set up a uh, uh, – we we have a SoundWriter channel on YouTube. I usually keep it pretty closed down. But when it's time to open it up, I open it up. So we'll probably set something up in there. Fun. Um, you were mentioning a movie that came out a few years ago. That's it's kind of fun to watch. It's a documentary on dogs in sidecars. Yes. Uh, what did I say? It was called Sit, Stay, Ride. And I I know they put out a DVD and maybe two DVDs. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to watch uh, dogs with their doggles on and. And uh, riding around in sidecars, it's it's pretty stinking cute. It's and their ears blowing in the wind. Right? Yes, the motorcycle equivalent of cat videos. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Now you said that Paul Torres has a movie. This is a guy who rides around yeah. on a Tenere seven hundred. Go ahead. He- he does. He 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 has ridden the uh, the T seven hundred in the uh, the Romaniacs and and likely other hard enduros. He he's got some mad skills and does amazing stuff on that bike. He can basically ride it like a trials bike. And so he's got a, a short film out called The Seeker. And then there's another one. Uh, my husband was telling me I haven't seen it yet, but the he's got another one out called The Seeker Two. Um, and and they're you know they're short and uh, just amazing uh, amazing technical skill on on the the Tenere 700. It really, he could do probably anything on any bike, but it's pretty fun to watch. Uh, just bl- mind blowing what he can do. When I do the uh, compilations for the Rally in the Gorge, the the former Rally in the Gorge, um, I like I, I do have a lot of fun trolling through YouTube and coming up with like cool trials bits and 
uh, you know, just people doing crazy stuff. The one, the one where the guy's got the ski on the front wheel and he's going through the ocean and right. right. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I, I did appreciate one year, I think it was a couple of years at the rally, there was a, a section of, of uh, film that you had in the compilation and, you know, people were riding through, uh, you know, some really rough terrain and, and then at the end, and it looked amazing and, you know, just unbelievable. And then they showed at the end some outtakes of them attempting the same thing, but failing. And I thought, I had a feeling <laughs> that it didn't go all that smoothly every single time. You know, somebody's got to get banged up pretty good trying to pull off some of those tricks yeah yeah um i'll go dig up a couple of ice racing bits because uh yeah after all it's winter so uh, right yeah they've had those in uh in the past years in kent i've gone to kent to see it and in uh up in everett and i haven't heard of i, I check periodically to see they they don't usually come through in the winter they're they're often uh they run those at uh, uh, other times of the year when you wouldn't expect to see them and and i don't know if that event or that circuit is still um if they canceled or what they're what they're doing but i haven't seen it for a while but lots of fun to watch live um you might want to that's one where because you're indoors they tend to they'll take a hockey rink and they'll shrink it down a little bit so that um the straights aren't as long uh, because they just pick up so much speed but um, boy, is you know you really get the race fuel odors and and uh, you, so if you do go to that, you might want to sit back away. Bring your oxygen bit. tank. With yeah, you. bring your oxygen tank and sit in the in the back. Give but yourself you, some space. You know, well, there's that kind of ice racing, and then there's the ice racing that happens outdoors on the ice, and it's it's not like what you see up at Everett is the uh, the kind of flat track equivalent. Yes, yes. And then right. what you see on the lakes in Canada. Is more like um, almost like, like you know supermoto, supermoto. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not the same style of riding at all, right? But yeah, I would love to. I don't. I don't. Have you? Do you know of anybody anywhere around here that's uh, doing the supermoto style of ice racing? Um, I used to, and they used to throw a few bikes in a van, and then they'd go up to Canada and go wherever the racing was mm-hmm. up there. Yeah, I'd love to see that in person. That'd be fun. They do it a lot in the Midwest as well. Sure. Yeah, it's a good Wisconsin or Minnesota sport. And then there's all the snow bike stuff that happens. Right. And that happens over in McCall, Idaho, and I'm pretty sure there's got to be videos of of that stuff. Um, But they have three or four rounds of snow bike racing in McCall every year, and then they've been stretching it out and uh, doing some down in uh, Oregon. One year they did it in Washington, but they don't always find a venue where they can do it that has snow on the ground. Right. It's tricky. Yeah, Yeah, that would be tricky. Of course, you could always watch the highlights of Supercross too. Sure. Yeah, there's all kinds of good stuff out there. And and you suggested if you really want to watch a really bad movie – with yeah, uh, yep. with yeah, was, uh, good motorcycle stunts, turn the volume off on the TV and watch the Chips movie that was done in 2017. Right, I did hear a recommendation for that for the for the stunt work, and I you know when that movie came out, I didn't bother to, I didn't even give it another thought just because I had heard it was fairly terrible, but uh, I hadn't really thought of it from the perspective of just enjoying it for the uh, motorcycle stunt work. So uh, that's something <laughs> you haven't seen. Maybe check that out, and I'll add that to my list and uh, see how it holds up. 
And there's a new uh, episode of Into the Dust, Into the Dust number four. I'm not sure if it's new. I heard uh, somebody else make a recommendation for Into the Dust four. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So there's there's other versions of it. I don't know if they're, I don't know what it is about that particular one, but uh, I've been hearing some some mention of that uh, in the in the motorcycling community, and, and uh, that might be another one to check out. That's just on YouTube. And if you're fluent in French, there's a movie called Cat to Cat. Yeah, my husband recommended that one to me. I haven't watched it yet. I think it's about four hours with subtitles, and it ran as a uh, a television series. And so now you can watch that. Um, well, if you have four hours, or you could. Well, you don't have to the, watch it. All you don't have to watch it all at once. You could do it in episode format. But um, I uh, I haven't started it on that yet. But uh, that one came by recommendation as well. So uh, there's probably just tons more great content out there, uh, or at least things to keep you entertained. And um, and yeah, and I had you know I watched the um, I watched a film festival recently and. Um, uh, you know, just keep an eye out for those opportunities as well, because, uh, you know, uh, there's all kinds of great, there's so many great motorcycle films, short films and, and, uh, and, you know, documentaries, travel logs, all kinds of great, great stuff out there that uh, certainly keep you, uh, keep you inspired all winter long. Yeah, you could keep yourself busy just having a remote in your hand and type it in motorcycles under the YouTube <laughs> sure. app. Right. And, uh, you know, and uh, like all of the manufacturers, you know, everybody's got videos and, and, and I even enjoyed watching, I, you know, it came up the, the ad for the new Goldwing came up and I, you know, I didn't, I watched the whole thing, you know, <laughs> I was like, well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's take a little break and then we're going to come back and we'll get into the news bites. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cycle Barn of Smoky Point, your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at CycleBarn.com. Hello, my name is Don Harvey, and I'm from Preston, Washington. And totally unrehearsed, one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest, a day ride, let's say, is on the Olympic Peninsula, the High Steel Bridge, and up over the pass to Lake Wyanuchi, and just make a nice loop and a good day of it. One of my favorite places to go if I have a nice weekend in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, this is Andrew from Scorpion XO, and you're listening to The Soundwriter Show. Soundwriter Show. I'm Tom Barron, the publisher. I'm here with Jennifer Pohl, the all-around female writer of the Puget hey. Sound. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and we're going to talk about news bites. First one we got is local. 
Uh, Washington State Parks are recommending that you book your camping and lodge spaces six months out. No, nine, nine months out. Nine, yeah, they're saying nine months out, and uh, you know, especially at the more popular places. And if you want to get a cabin, uh, you should get on get on those, making those reservations sooner than later. Um, and uh, and yeah, and then they announced their free days. They they do twelve free days each year, and so those are posted. Um, if you want to look up the Washington State Parks, you'll see what those uh, what the free days are. So can I get can I get a cabin for free? I don't think so. I think that's just uh, free from having to have a Discover Pass. Uh, oh, but, okay. But I, I certainly recommend getting the Discover Pass. But uh, but if you just want to check out a, a park once or twice a year and and you don't want to get the Discover Pass, uh, then or you have visitors, then uh, that might be a good time to go. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Yamaha recently announced they're going to start what's called the Yamaha Heritage Racing Club. Uh, I read a little bit on this, and it looks like you actually have to own one of the heritage bikes. And they, they uh, basically, it's any of the racing type bikes that they did before 2003. So now, is this going to be a club racing series? No, I think it's going to be more of a like a like a closed online community where you can share information back and forth to kind of keep the bike running and keep the bike in <laughs> sure right finding parts. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess they'll probably maybe I don't know what their marketing plan is, but I'm guessing they're going to come up with a Yamaha Heritage Racing series. Sure, that'd be fun. I mean, why not? Yeah, they've been adding different uh, add-ons to the Moto America. So they've got, you know, the the Harley Bagger series, and then they had a, a series where they had women racers. So, like, you know, not all, not throughout the whole Moto America series, but they'll maybe four races have the baggers, and a number of races they'll have the the women build program where the women build and race their bikes. And uh, so they're doing in different regions, these smaller subsets. It'd be cool if uh, the heritage racing got on board with that. I don't know if they will, but um, there's already got that kind of circuit format set up to where they could showcase um, within that series. If that's something they worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What else is going on? Oh, uh, new products, a couple of them coming out. Um, HJC has announced a new modular helmet, and you're Dude, saying you've seen it, and it's it's sleek. It is sleek. I, it doesn't even look like a modular helmet. And uh, you know, uh, if you look at most most of the helmets, at least that I've seen of the modular ones, you look at them, and right away, you know, they're just bigger and bulkier. And uh, this one is is a very sleek design, and it, it you could barely, if at all, tell that it's a modular helmet. So if the look of it or the kind of I don't, you know, technically, I don't know if it is bulkier, but they look bulkier. So if you've been waiting for something that's a little bit more streamlined and and less bulky looking, then uh, they've got a new design out that's uh, pretty impressive. Hmm. I wonder where that fits in with the DOT guidelines. Yeah, I need to do a little homework and find out uh, what the latest updated DOT guidelines are because modulars could never get the high DOT rating because right. they opened up. Right. And this, it, you know, I, I'd have to look again, but I, I kind of feel like some of the older modular helmets had more of a piece of the helmet that was above the visor that came up as well. And this one hinges in a way where it lifts at the top point of the 
clear part of the visor. I guess that's not the visor, but the the um, the shield. Um, anyway, it, it looked uh, like it hinged a little bit differently too, maybe. And I don't know how that changes the safety ratings or anything like that. But uh, I got a Nolan, and it's just like a lower jaw type of connection. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much open at the top. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see if uh, that gets a different safety rating or uh, how that uh, how those modulars continue to evolve. But you know, my Nolan. I hate to say it. I think it's 2013 or so. Mm. I need to get a new helmet. That's you too do. Old. That is too old. And, and you know, I was at a, a women in motorcycling um, conference in Carson City, Utah, that the AMA sponsored many years ago. Uh, but they had uh, Schubert there, and or Schubert, depending on how you say it. But they, they did a lot of, um, they were doing demonstrations, and they were doing presentations, and uh, you know, talking about that, uh, the, the material deteriorating over time and, and um, you know, the importance of, uh, what is it, five, every five or six years of, of replacing your helmet and, you know, not storing it in uh, direct sunlight and all of those different things that can uh, deteriorate the, the quality of the materials. Yeah. Yeah, my, my Nolan, uh, it had the Bluetooth setup inside the head, inside the helmet itself. And uh, the battery failed after about a year. And then the, oh, wow. I got a new battery, and that one failed after about two years. So I took a, a pair of nippers, and I just cut the whole microphone off. <laughs> I'm not going to use this anymore. <laughs> yeah, it gets frustrating when, uh, when, when those things don't work as long as you hope or as well as you hope. But speaking of uh, Bluetooth... Uh, Senna has announced three new intercoms and two new helmets, and they will all incorporate Harman Kardon speaker systems in them. And that's a higher quality audio product? Is that uh, yeah. at that direction? Cool. They've done them with JBL. Both companies are owned by the same company now. But uh, the, in the, over the last two or three years, they've incorporated JBL in, and now they're going to do Harman Kardon. And uh, I don't know, you know, maybe somebody ought to put out a quadraphonic one because I, I I love <laughs> quadraphonic, and in a, on a motorcycle helmet, that'd be awesome. Oh wait, so I'm tell, supposed to be what's... paying attention to the road ahead of me. <laughs> right, right, right. What is the quadraphonic? Quadraphonic is that. well, you know, nowadays we have what's called five point one surround sound. And quadraphonic is the the uh, predecessor to that, and uh, it's instead of having just a stereo left and right, you actually have something up in the front left, something in the front right, something in the rear left, and something in the rear right. All right, helmet surround sound. So if you go back to your old <laughs> stereo receivers of the seventies, some of them were set up with quadraphonic. Gotcha. Okay. So, so are do you use uh, you use uh, uh, an intercom system or a, a, a Bluetooth? No, I told you, I cut it off. Yep. I cut well, it off okay. and threw it away. Yeah. So you don't use any of that. Gotcha. Cut the microphone okay. out and threw yeah. it away. Yeah, yeah. But I have in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we we run uh, Sasquatch tours or the uh, road trip tours, I could call Connie from the bike and say, "Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm about to run out of gas. Come find me." <laughs> But uh, the last few years, I, I haven't used any kind of intercom. I just hummed to myself now, you know. <laughs> there you go. 
go. I um, so my husband and I, when we ride together or when we ride in groups, we don't use any kind of communication system either, other than hand signals. Or, but I've found over the years, you know, I I know I know what he's I know when he's looking to make an exit. Like I, you know, I just learned to read the body language and and um, you know, get a good sense of that. I mean, sometimes we lose a little bit of that. Hey, did you see the whatever? Um, you know, if uh, I mean, usually you can point and stuff, but um, you know, every now and then we miss something or um you know that the other saw that we would have told each other about but for the most part we i i haven't noticed any major loss by not having that capability no uh uh-uh. yeah hey did you see the buck jump over my bike from the cornfield <laughs> right. next to me right. oh. i i will tell you though there was one time we were we were i think we were headed down to the rally and we were on uh we were on i5 near centralia and I was behind my husband and somebody, the, there was an SUV that was riding in a manner that I, I it was so aggressive. And I, I, you know, <laughs> I got, you know, I started to get super protective and also, you know, really on high alert. Uh, what turned, what it turned out when, you know, we, we took the next exit and, and got away from that. Um, but what had happened was uh, my husband's side case on his motorcycle had come open. And so this driver in this SUV was trying to get really close to him to tell him that. And I could, there were enough cars between us that I couldn't see that his side case was open. I could just see this SUV that was just gunning for him. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it would have been helpful <laughs> to know that that's what was going on. And I think he was able to figure out that, you know, that person was just trying to get his attention and not trying to kill him uh but uh, from my perspective it, it looked like a whole different uh, scene was playing out and um so that time the communication system would have been handy yeah yeah all right well so uh if you're going to have a communication system obviously you can usually pair your phone in so let's talk about a couple new mounts that are coming out there's a new mount called the q mount moto no, Q-Mount uh, Pro. Let's see. Yeah, the, uh, that is a, I, I think that's a, a charging mat. So if you have where you have a, you know, a charging mat that you set your phone on to charge it and you don't have it plugged in, you don't have your phone corded to anything. You right. just use that technology. They have that now built into a mount for that you can put on a motorcycle. So for somebody that wants less cords dangling around and, or, you know, wants to use their phone as their GPS and not have to, um, you know, worry about battery charge, they, you know, they might look into that. So um, I thought that was kind of a, a cool thing too, that uh, people might enjoy having less wires dangling around. And then there's another mount coming out called the get locked mount. That one, uh, that uh i don't know about that one there's one um oh it's get clocked um and that one it's a magnetic mount and so it it will amount to any flat surface and so um you you get the mount you get a metal plate to put on your phone i think you get a couple metal plates and then you get a a magnet and so um in any case you can you know if you also want to have uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people have the ram mounts or the ones that have the rubber bands that come up around the corner, and or there's the clamp mounts where the X shaped mount, and a lot of those hit the buttons in the wrong spot. Oh yeah, um, I've seen that over and over and over. It's so frustrating. Um, but this is a you know a solution where you know the mount is basically you've just got a little chunk of metal on the back of the phone. You magnet it to the 
mount and then you don't have to worry about your buttons getting obscured and um, interfered with and and messed up that way so that might be something for people to look into if they've had uh, you know if they want a different solution for mounting their phone on their bike i'll uh, i'll add those into the uh, product reviews that we have on soundwriter yeah, I think a couple of the digital online magazines, too, might have featured some some information on that. So if you get some of those, um, if you're on those mailing lists and things, you might see a little bit more of, of that information there, too. It just seemed like uh, some good options to consider to solve some problems that have been annoying for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've got a few new bikes to talk about. Uh, BSA has a is returning after, I don't know, what, 40 years? So they'll be releasing they'll they'll have their first new model at the Motorcycle Live show this month in the UK. So, so what do you know so far? Are there any sneak previews or any teasers that uh, I haven't seen any sneak peeks yet? No. Nope. All right, no spy shots. Nope. Not that I've seen, but they're probably out there. Sure, sure. But a lot of people you know, I, I don't know. I'm almost thinking like uh, the people who like BSA motorcycles are probably all checked into the to the uh, assisted living now. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, Tribe's done a good job of getting younger people into some of the classic style bikes. So we'll see what happens. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, when I was a new rider, I tended to like the look of the standard and the classic bikes way better than the sport bikes. <laughs> and so um, I was, you know, I would have been in the market for something like that. Yeah. Uh, Honda has a new mini moto bike coming as if three wasn't enough. Now you can get four. <laughs> Right, yeah, the little Navi. It's coming in at $1,800, which is uh, less than some of the electric bicycles on the market. And so, um, you know, that's that's a, a fun little thing to consider. Um, a little 109cc, and you can maybe get 50 miles an hour out of the thing. But yeah, so Honda's saying you get 50 miles an hour, and Rider Magazine did a test with it and uh, got a tailwind and actually got 55 miles an hour. All right. Yeah. Uh, although uh, he was bent way down under the windshield. <laughs> Downhill with the tailwind and <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> but the uh, ergonomics actually looked pretty decent on it, which is something that I don't like on the Groms. Is, right. Uh, it, it's very painful for an adult to ride a Grom for more than about an hour. Right. Yeah, I, I I agree. I thought the ergonomics on this one looked better, too, and a little bit more uh, inviting for adults. And at eighteen hundred bucks now, of course, with eighteen hundred dollars, you get the premium drum brakes. <laughs> not, no, you're not going to get disc brakes, and you're not getting ABS. So there you have it. Uh, Benelli has announced a few new models. One's called uh, a street bike called the Leoncino, and a dual sport adventure looking bike called the TRK five hundred four S. And, and you were saying one of the dealers... Uh, so Adventure uh, Motorsports uh, is carrying the Benelli line. All right, the go see them in person. the Northwest dealer. There's none in Oregon. Uh, there's, there's nobody else in Washington. There's nobody in Idaho. So right, if you want to see these new Benellis, and I, I think they're actually pretty good-looking bikes, and they come from the people who make the uh, SSR Motorsports product. All right, go check it out in Monroe then. That sounds like a fun excuse for a road trip. 
Yeah. <laughs> you just show up and say, and I with these 60 the degree days around here, I tell you. Right? <laughs> uh, Kawasaki just announced uh, three new models. They're going to redo the Versus 650. Uh, they got all kinds of bells and whistles that come with it now. Um, there'll be a special edition with a USB charging port. Hey, hey, you can't have too many of those. But uh, uh, your Bluetooth will uh, can interact, so your phone can interact with the TFT screen. Hmm. So I don't know. Um, they're getting tricky with that versus. <laughs> right. And all new bodywork, of course. But it, actually, sure. it's a new power plant in there as well. Oh, no kidding. So. That's a lot of changes. I it? thought it actually looked very similar to the current Versus, but um, they said they re redid it, so I'll take their word for it. All right, I'll have to check that out. I did look at the, the KLX 230 SE. That one caught my eye a little bit. I thought that looked like fun. <laughs> and yeah. maybe did they, they lower the seat height on that? I think uh, is what I noticed, maybe. I think it is like 30, 31 inches, and it uh, it's street legal. Right. So even right. though they call it a dirt bike, it's uh, it, it, it's got the full headlight, turn signals, rear tail light. Uh, you'd probably break it if you threw luggage over it. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's coming in at right around five thousand, maybe. But it was. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I didn't see the price. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would it would make a good beginner bike for a new sure. rider. And especially if you're a new rider and you want to do a little bit of off-road riding. Um, yeah, you know, when I looked at that, I think I thought, too, oh, that'd be a fun bike to take to, like, Moto Gymkhana or something. Because <laughs> it's lightweight, you know, it's small and, and uh, be, you know, maybe not worry too much if you dropped it a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it actually might be a really good training bike, too. Sure. For some sure. of the schools. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they stop at 230. Why don't they go to a 250? You know, Honda had to learn their lesson on this. They, they did all those 230s, and then they finally started releasing <laughs> the uh, oh, I, I, what it was, CF250s. Yeah. They got that you know, nice it, rally edition now. And, sure. Uh, did they, is that any of that running up against emissions and tuning and stuff like that, or, or is there a whole different uh, – driver of of why that's happening i don't know but as as a someone who has owned a dual sport that was a 250 with a 21 inch front wheel it's wonderful <laughs> it sounds like fun and i haven't looked at the wheel size on this new kawasaki i need to do that Anyways, uh, oh, and if you really want to uh, cut into your 401k, uh, Kawasaki is not giving up on the H2. So there's going to be a H2 SXSE this year, and that will start at $27,000. Okay. I have seen one in the flesh. I saw it in Vegas when I went to the show there. I but, did see one at a show too, but uh, yeah. You never uh, seen anybody riding one around, right? No, that I have not seen in person. <laughs> These are like museum pieces, right? <laughs> We're right. gonna make enough for the museums to buy them, and then we'll move on to the next one. There you go. All right, well, I got one more news bite. I want to welcome back someone who worked with us, ooh, eighteen years ago. Wow! All right, Danny O'Connell. And uh, Danny 
worked with us, and then one day RideWest said, you should come work for us. So she went to work for RideWest BMW. And then she had three children and kind of disappeared for a long time. And I'll keep you busy. I rang her up a couple weeks ago, and I said, Danny, how you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, fine. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm just at home all the time. I said, well, that's perfect. We need right. someone to do all the used bikes and the hot deal bikes. Would that be you? She goes, yeah. So she Yay. came up the other night, and we went through the procedures, and so she's she's doing all those right now. All right. Well, welcome, Danny. So how are, how is the used bike inventory these days? Uh, the used bike is kind of low, you know, mm-hmm. because it's so hard to get new bikes. A lot of people have gone and gotten used bikes. So... Not like it used to be. But the Hot Deal bike inventory is going to jump next month because Hot Deal bikes are always um, bikes that are not current model year. Right. So for Soundrider, that would be everything up to 2020 right now. Awesome. But when we get to January, she's going to be adding in all the 2021 inventory. Sweet. Yeah. I ended up, that's what I did with when I bought my FZ. I bought a, a zero mile prior model year, and I don't know why that hadn't ever occurred to me sooner, but uh, it's a, a good way to get a good deal. Well, seemingly so. However, don't be looking for the best deal right now because with the low <laughs> inventory overall, sure. a lot of those bikes are just going to hold on to their ticket price. Right. And kind of kind of has to be a mindset when you go to a shop right now to buy a new motorcycle you're going to you can expect to pay full price for that bike. That's Absolutely. Just, that's just have, the reality of the market right now. Right. And be ready to put down a deposit <coughs> if you really want to make sure that 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 your name's at the top of the list when it comes in. So, uh we're going to take a little break and when we come back we're going to go through our ideas for the holiday gift guide this year. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Valentine Motorworks, Seattle's independent service shop specializing in BMW motorcycles and beyond. Call or visit them to discuss your next service or restoration project soon. Find them online at valentinemotorworks.com. So Mike Monahan out of Tualatin, Oregon, and most recent trip on my KLR 650 2015 was down the Oregon coast, and we camped at some great uh, state parks, uh, the weather was phenomenal. Just had a great, great time. And then just before that, we did the Oregon Backcountry Discovery Route number four from Sisters to Seneca. And it was terrific, too. Great time, great weather. And uh, the bike would perform just great. Hey, this is Justin Barnes from Slow Ride Home, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. The Soundwriter Show. I'm here with Jennifer Poole, and we are kind of mixing it up this month. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of cover our holiday gift guide ideas, and then we'll take a break and come back and do the calendar. So, if you're used to the usual format, we just thought we'd mess with you. <laughs> Keep you on your toes. <laughs> All right. So I was thinking the other day about uh, rather than giving stuff for Christmas. 
uh, giving experiences. And then always a fan of that. Kind of equating that to our passion of motorcycling. So uh, there is an article on Soundwriter now. All the ideas that I'm going to run by here are there, but I haven't actually talked to Jen about this, so you can listen to us banter it back and forth. Uh, one of the things that Connie's been doing for me the last couple of years, and I do it for her, is we do a travel package. So it might be a couple hotel rooms, a few days out on the road, uh, different places to go eat, and kind of taking all our favorite things, eating, <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, traveling. And, you know, the last few years, you haven't been able to get in a plane anyway, so might as well get on your motorcycle and go ride. Right. I, you know, along those lines, too, if you can support the, you know, the small towns and the, you know, the little uh, bed and breakfast and, and those uh, kind of out-of-the-way places, uh, I think, uh, you know, you're doing a, a, a world of good for those uh, small-town economies. And uh, if you haven't, well, let's see. So this kind of folds into the next thing I was going to talk about, and that's overnight accommodations. So uh, whether you plan to ride or you're going to gift somebody an overnight accommodation somewhere because you know they're going to go to Sturges in the summer or something like that, um, there's so many different things. You just mentioned it, bed and breakfast. Um, we were talking earlier about state parks and how a lot of them have the – the tents cabins. and the yurts yep. and the yurts. cabins. Sure. Uh, it doesn't always have to be a super fancy $300 a night. I hate that. Go into a place <laughs> and spend $300 and, dr- and ride away at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Especially if you, you got there late at night, you know, and you don't even get to enjoy it that much or all the different amenities. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And, you know, uh, here in, in the Pacific Northwest, we have the McMinimums chain, which I'm not crazy about the food, but I love to go and sit in the hot tubs and, uh, you know, go up to the rooftop bar and in McMinnville there and just kind of hang out. Yeah, they've got some cool locations, and a lot of them are in, uh, you know, historic buildings or restored spaces, and uh, there's uh, that aspect of them at, well, uh, that makes them unique. Have you guys stayed at any? We went to, uh, we went to the one on the Oregon coast uh, that has the golf course. We yeah. don't golf. Okay, I can't remember what that town the was name. Right uh, the name is escaping me. It may come to me, but same. But we 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 did. Uh, we had a lovely time. Being, we were able to just walk out. It's uh, called the Gearhart. You know, yes, that was it. Yep. yep. Yeah, we were able to walk out to the um, out to the beach, and and uh, it was just a, a fun area. And uh, boy, it was it was hard to pick. We uh, you know which which place to go. We had a, a gift card and. Uh, uh, there's yeah, there, there's so many appealing locations that they're in, and and uh, neat buildings. Uh, we'll have to check. I like, add add more to the list. <laughs> I like the Grand Lodge over there in uh, Forest Grove. And, okay, I have, uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. Then there's isn't there one right on the uh, Columbia River too? That's well, um, it's about a mile up, but yeah, okay. yeah, the one yeah. in Trout Troutdale. Yeah, that looked kind of cool too. The Edgefield uh, Hotel. And they have hot pools there as well. Mm, nice, yeah. The yeah, they're um, they've got a lot of neat locations, and uh, that's a really good choice. Uh, I have a whole tour of Oregon 
And it's like uh, about 200 mile, 250 mile days. So you have time to go. And when you get to that McMinimums, you have time to go soak in the pools or re- relax at the wherever. You know, they have usually have several different restaurants and several different bars and so forth. And so um, you don't. You know, if you're going to go to a place like that, you don't want to do a 500-mile day. <laughs> sure, sure. And then go in there and because you're just going to pass out. So Right. Yeah, it's nice if you know you're going somewhere that has other things, uh, you know, make a shorter riding day so that if there's a museum close by or, or uh, something else you want to check out, you still have the time to do that. Yeah. Uh, another one I have down here, this is kind of like an overnight accommodation um recently sold a whole set of camping gear to somebody and i thought you know what uh what a great idea give somebody a set of camping gear if they if they want to go do camping because obviously a lot of people say oh, i never sleep on the ground ever again <laughs> sure, sure but uh there are plenty of people out there who would be like yeah this is cool now i can just go throw my self down on the side of the road somewhere or at the end of some road or something. Sure. Yeah. And then they'll learn that they should really be at a campground because there's no <laughs> restroom at the end of the road. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, dispersed <laughs> camping out in the Olympic Mountains and even on the backcountry discovery routes too where, uh, yeah, you just find a spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you start learning about all those uh, primitive campsites. Yes. Yep. And you start to learn how to pack a trowel. Yep. But I, you know, you don't have to do that. I, I when I go camping, I do it at campgrounds. Sure. Yeah. There's a there's those options as well. And I'm not a trowel know. packing camper. Sure. Yeah. You know the thing too, if you're camping somewhere with no services, and you have to be mindful about hauling water and just making sure you have that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one I put down here is the Cafe to Cafe Grand Tour. That's our grand tour that we have every year. It has 15 different restaurants scattered all over the Pacific Northwest. And uh, a lot of people have a good time just either going out to a few of them. Some of them will go hit them all. But it's a way to explore areas of the Pacific Northwest you may not know about or have ever been to. And we always give you some nearby roads to that restaurant that you can go experience, too. Sure. Now, if you were going to gift that, would you be gifting the 2022 or do you because you put together like people could buy the list after the fact if they just wanted to go check those places out and not, you know, participate in the the quote unquote competition part of it. Right. Yeah. So we, you would, if you bought that for somebody, you could buy it right now online, and it would, uh, you would be gifting them to twenty twenty two. Someday, cool. I'll put a book out. Nice. Yeah, that'll be fun. But that's not going to happen yet. Right. So, um, a bike wash and detail. A lot of people don't know how to detail their motorcycle or don't want to. And to do it right, it takes four or five hours. Sure. So. Uh, yeah, I definitely do the abbreviated version of that. And if you don't detail it, uh, God knows what you're going to see there later. Here's a question for you. I, I came across a little uh, tidbit that had uh, a recommendation to spray cooking spray on the underside of your 
uh, fender if you were going to go ride in the mud so that the mud didn't stick? Is that something you've ever done or come across to make it easier to wash the bike when you get home? I would think that the cooking spray would come off after about 15 minutes. <laughs> sure, sure. And I can yeah, tell I've you places tried. you can go ride in Oregon where the clay will build up under your fender. Sure, sure. And then yeah, eventually yeah. it will make contact with your front wheel or rear wheel. And then you'll have to get your tire irons out and break right. it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you really need a bike wash and a detail when you get home. But I, I mean, maybe if you're just riding around in the street and you want to keep the dirt from the street off, that might work. But I think if you're out doing some dual sport riding, that's all going to go real fast. That's <laughs> true. Sure. Yeah, that's not a that's not anything I've ever tried with the cooking spray. But if you see me out on the trail and I'm selling cans of Pam, you, you know I've changed my mind. Right. And hey, if you brought food to cook, then you're all set for that as well. Well, this this gets filed under stuff, but maps and atlases, guidebooks, those are all great gifts because there again, you're kind of giving you're you're gifting an experience to somebody. Right, and of course, there's motorcycle-specific maps that you can get that uh, you know point out some of the things of interest and in the twist that are focused on the twistier roads, and so that's a, another cool thing that uh, to watch out for. And we do have six guidebooks for riding in the Pacific Northwest in the Soundrider store, and they're all not on sale. How do you like that? No Black Friday special, none of that stuff. Uh, online subscriptions. So many magazines are either folding or going to an online-only format. Right. So you could gift an online subscription so that your favorite motorcyclist can read something like Rider Magazine. I think AMA is going to uh, go to – they've started to gravitate toward online-only. Yeah, I'm still getting the print magazine, and and the other one I think is Roadrunner still coming in print form, um, but I, they have digital as well. So uh, whether or not the print eventually goes away completely, we'll see. I want the digital because I don't want my house getting loaded up with magazines. I tell you, I was trying to read one of the digital magazines. Uh, man, no matter what I did for this particular one, the way it was formatted, I couldn't get the font size to be readable. Because <laughs> huh. like, usually, you know, you can manipulate that and or do something. You know, there's a few different ways to go about it. And I just wasn't having any luck with this one particular one. So I, I know gave, a lot of them were clunky in the beginning, but uh, most mm -hmm. of them have worked it out. Um, just before... Motorcycle Consumer News went down. Mm -hmm. They had like the best version yep. of it. Yeah, yeah, I miss, I miss that one. Oh. Uh, see, uh, you were talking earlier about having a Discover Pass. So if if you have uh, a motorcyclist loved one that likes to go into the na into the national parks, into the state parks, whatever, a Discover Pass, a Northwest. What do they call it? Northwest. Uh, we get a national park pass. Uh, the the one that's the size of the credit card. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I I just call it the national park pass. But right. I don't know if it right. has right. another but name. A, okay. Oh, I know there's a Northwest Forest okay. Pass too. Oh, okay. I don't know about that one. So that where does that get you on? Uh, uh, so that gets you on 
national forest rather than national park. Is that how that works? Something like that. Mm, okay. There, you have to look it up online, and they'll tell you what areas are governed under that. Yeah, uh, it's Oregon has their yeah. own as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, and even in the Olympic Mountains, part some of that is national forest, and some of that is national park. And so, whenever we go in there, we have to kind of make sure we're f- we figure out where <laughs> what, what what kind of land we're on, and and what the you know what the pass requirements are. Yeah, but whatever is applicable to the neighborhood where you live, you might not even live in the in the Pacific Northwest. But everybody seems to uh, I call it dual taxation. But they all have figured <laughs> out how to charge you extra money for these public lands that you're already paying for. So uh, let's see. Oh, uh, you could uh, you could do a, a Moto America trip. Indeed. Yeah, the the tickets are on sale. It's I don't know if they're all on sale, but some of the locations like uh, uh you know, I got a uh you know, a special, I think a Black Friday weekend special on the Moto America tickets for Moto America at the Ridge in June of 2022. And so um I you know, sometimes the the tickets for the different locations don't go on sale right away or at least not through Moto America. You might have to be um, you know, hooked into the track itself or to uh, whatever promotions. Um, I mean, ultimately the money went to Moto America. So, but but I feel like in past years when I've went to you know when I've looked for tickets for Moto America, I couldn't I had to wait until they were available. So somehow or another, I got to score the the, the tickets for the Ridge. Um, so that's another uh, fun thing to pick up for the Moto enthusiast in your life. And I was looking at the 2022 MotoGP schedule. I didn't see a U.S. date there. No. So that does that mean they're skipping the Circuit of the Americas? Uh, I wonder if, you know, like they did this year, if something cancels, if that's the backup plan. So if, if money isn't an object and you get your MotoGP fan, <laughs> plane fare, hotel right, right. tickets to Dubai yeah. or Spain or wherever. There you go. Sure. Yeah. That's a good experience gift. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> but a, a gift we can all use at some time or another is a shop certificate. Indeed. Whether it's service or for me, I need a new helmet. So anybody that wants to send me a $1,000 shop certificate <laughs> for Seattle Cycle Center. Right. Seattle Cycle is a great place. I'll to... figure out how to spend yep. it. Right, right. (laughs) All right, we're going to do the calendar. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we'll have that. Support for SoundWriter and the SoundWriter Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, this is Stephanie from Big Mouth Power Sports in Chilliwack. Uh, one of my favorite places to ride is up in the canyon near Boston Bar and up in the Merritt Valley. There's some really nice twisties in there and some like, technical stuff that gives you some area to practice with your bike and push your power sports farther. Hello, this is Sandy Smith with Tucker Power Sports, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show.
Songwriter Show. We're going to pop into the calendar section here. The first date we got coming up is, I believe that's a, yeah, Saturday, December 4th. The Olympia Toy Run is happening. You ever do that? I have not. Uh, does that start out at one of the dealerships down in Olympia? Usually it starts out, yeah, down at the Northwest Harley Davidson, I believe. Okay. All right. Is that right off of I-5 then? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's so, so where you see Cabela's on one side. Got and it, then okay. And Harley Shop on the other. And then how long of, do you know how, um, where, that route, uh, how long of a ride that is? Oh, I'm going to guess it's probably a 30-minute ride. <laughs> I think you just go to the Capitol. Yeah, all right, well, it'll take me an hour uh, to I get I guess we need there. to go do it so we really we know. Should. We should. You know, yes. it's, I know it's yeah. big, though. See, I don't like to go around the... You know where there's a thousand motorcycles. I don't want to be there. So. Oh yeah, I, I, I love <laughs> I love those large. You groups. like that stuff? Okay, you can cover that this year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll be getting my booster shot. You go down and do the toy <laughs> run. Go down the toy run. And you, that's a. I'll have to look that up. Didn't you say no stuffed animals or something? Is that the? Yeah, they said no stuffed animals this year. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Uh, get some other cool toys and uh, get down there. So bring him like Flippy Frogman and there you go puzzles, mutant ninja turtles, right. and puzzles. There you go, right? Nothing fuzzy though. Got it. All right, we'll see. Uh, check that out. <laughs> All right. Um, the next Saturday, if you're down in uh, Hood River area, uh, rain or shine, doesn't matter what season of the year it is. That Wham event is always going on on the second Saturdays. So that'll be um, that'll be happening. It goes it starts up in the morning and goes into the afternoon. Now is that a ride or that's just they have motorcycles at the museum on display? Well, what, is what they exactly? do is um, they always have something special going on that day. But it includes you know when you when you pay your museum admission, then you get to be included in whatever they got going on. They usually bring in some special airplanes or they might have a special bike or two or a cool car that they don't normally show. Fun. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, also on the 11th is going to be uh, Northwest Arena Cross going on up at Monroe at the Evergreen State Fairgrounds. Fun. That's indoors. I'm not going to promise you it's heated. <laughs> But I have been to the indoor events where it, it it isn't really heated, and people bring extension cords and floor heaters and <laughs> aim them at themselves. Oh wow! I guess if you have an extension cord, you could take an electric blanket or yeah, uh, you know. you could. <laughs> or or a heater. I mean, I guess if they're going to let you in with that. I got a little floor heater here. It's sure, I'll just bring it up. Put it on the back of the bike. Put it where I normally put the golf clubs. There you go. <laughs> I don't golf, by the way. Right. I don't either. <laughs> so if um, I see you riding around with golf clubs, I'll know something else mysterious is going on. Yeah, you'll know I'm mentally deranged if I'm riding around with <laughs> golf clubs. <laughs> uh, let's see. When I was uh, poking around for the 2022 calendar, I came across something I didn't know about. Uh, Bellingham has an old bike night. And it's held up at a cafe up there. Uh, we have the link to where that is. So if you're interested in that, you just jump on Soundwriter, go to the calendar link, 
and you'll find the Beeham Moto Nights listing. And that's on Monday night. Yeah, get your heated gear and head on out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's, uh, you know, we always talk about old bike night down in Georgetown, but there's also an old bike night put on by the South Sound VME down in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, it's usually down at a restaurant. So that'll be happening on Wednesday the 16th. Cool. Is uh, it always at the same restaurant? Thursday or did... the 16th. Oh, okay. Do they move that around or is it always the same location? I think it's always the same location, but ultimately cool. these things get moved because a restaurant got torn down for a uh, an apartment or whatever, you know. So it's just it's best to go to the calendar, hit the link, and then you're always going to get the current information. Cool. All right. So there's four events going on. Triumph is going to bring a truck up the West Coast. Yay. <laughs> it's going to be their, their 2022 sneak peek tour. Awesome. Tell us more. What else do you know about it? So on the 28th, which I believe is a Thursday – they will be in Eugene at the Triumph shop there. Then they'll head on up to Portland, and on Saturday, on the 30th, they'll be at the – oh, they got a new name for it now. Something Cascade Motorsports, I think is what they call it. Um, and it's where the old uh, BMW – Ducati shop or oh, BMW okay. shop mm-hmm. was. Uh, it's still a BMW shop, but now they have other lines of product as well. Okay. And then we'll get through the new year. And then on Thursday the 5th, they'll be down in Lacey, Washington at the South Bound Motorcycle Shop. And on Saturday the 7th, they will be at Triumph of Seattle. So if you want to see the new 2022 Triumphs, you don't have to fly out to a motorcycle show to see them. You can wait for the truck to pull up. Yeah, I might uh, go check that one out down in Lacey. Yeah. They used to, you know, they used to have a Triumph dealer out uh, here in Bremerton, and uh, that's, I think they've been gone a few years now, but uh, uh that was a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer when they that left. That's a funky then, situation because that was in a car dealership. Right. Yeah, right. Now that car dealership is still there. Um, yeah. And then there was there was the Triumph dealership down in Tacoma, too, at the end Before of South that. Tacoma Way. Yeah. So the guy mm-hmm. who owns Southbound Motorcycles is the guy who worked at that car dealership in Bremerton. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah, he we, ran the motorcycle yeah. program there. Got it. Okay. Yeah, we uh, we we'd been in there a few times. So you know All what? Right, well. um, we're we still got a bunch of time here. Why don't we just pop into sort of our tips and tricks section? Sure. Let's do it. What do you got? Well, I came across in a in a repair manual a suggestion that I thought was pretty clever, and it's one of those things that if you learn it the hard way, <laughs> that's very unfortunate. Uh, but uh, give yourself a little leg up on on uh, doing some repairs. the The recommendation was if you're going to change your spark plugs, um, give them a little shot of air before you pull them out, and that way, if there's any kind of debris or anything stuck in there. If you pull it out, you're not ending. You're not going to drop it in the hole. <laughs> you know whatever that debris is. And That's so a good like, tip. 
Yeah, I was like, boy, that is that is one of those ones where if you didn't do that, you'd really be kicking yourself and and regretting it. And so I thought, well, that's a you know, that's a really that's a good uh, that's a good thing to do and save yourself a whole lot of tears later. <laughs> you don't even need to have an air compressor in your shop or your garage. You could just have a can of compressed air and shoot it down in there where the spark plug is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I I remember um, when I took apart my carburetor on my old Honda 650 dual sport. Yep. How much garbage was in that carburetor in the bottom? Uh, and you know, it's it's just like uh everything gets in everywhere. You can have sure. the best air filters in the world, it's still going <laughs> to sure. get in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is if the mouse droppings drop down in between the piston and oh, that'd be awful, <laughs> right? Uh, my tip is, you know, we got a supply chain issue going on out here, and I personally like to run a good ten thousand mile tire on sure. the back of my road burner. Sure. I don't so. Got to watch the date codes on tires right now. Probably not going to find a lot of fresh rubber out there. It's probably mostly what's going to be out there is going to be old inventory, which isn't such a big deal if you just plan to ride 4,000 miles next year and you're going to buy a 4,000-mile tire. Sure. But in my case, if I want to put a 10,000-mile tire on there, I got three years to go before that thing's done, minimum. Right. Right, and if it's an old date code, it could wind up being five or seven years old by the time I'm done with it. Yeah, you know, you bring up the the date code. The other, uh, you were talking about helmets earlier, and um, you know, I never buy a helmet without checking. If you pull back the, you know, you can find the dates on the helmets too, and that's another good thing where some of those have been sitting around for a while. And if you know you're going to keep that helmet for. Uh, you know, the full five years of its life, then you, especially if you're buying, you know, one of the more expensive helmets, then you want to. Well, yeah, and if you're getting sure. a great deal. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with buying online is you're never going to see a date code right. on a tire right. or a helmet. Right. And then you, then the helmet shows up at your house and you find out it's three years old. Right. And, and who knows if it's been in a temperature controlled environment all those three years that it's been in storage. Yeah. Good point. I like that one. Mm-hmm. All right, that would be our show for December. We're going to come back in January and fill you up with all the great events that are going to be happening for 2022 as we know them then. All right, get that heated gear and keep on riding. Absolutely. Um, In the meantime, check out SoundRider, read the calendar. If you have events for the calendar, Send them to us. Just use the link on the calendar page, and we'll see you in 2022. The Sound Writer Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, 
the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.